Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back to Writer Than You on this Tuesday morning. Andrew Bogish in for Bill. As always, a lot to do before we are done at noon Eastern here on the free Odyssey app, CBS Sports Radio, our great affiliates across the country, and Sirius XM Channel 158. Buy or sell in particular comes your way later this hour. But as usual, we begin this hour on the guest line with Josh Pate, the host of Late Kick Live, find on its YouTube channel, new shows three times a week. There's a podcast as well, at Lake, Late Kick Josh on Twitter as well. Josh, it is Andrew. Welcome to the show. How are you? I am good, brother. I got Thanksgiving and Rivalry Week all wrapped up into one plate, so I couldn't ask for more. How are yeah, you doing? I'm doing really well. It is certainly a very, very good time in the college football world. But i, I got to say this first before we get into all of that stuff. Uh, I believe this is your first time on the show, so you're new to all of us. Bill will be here eventually the next time you're on, and he probably is not going to like you being nice to producer Tom. He told me that you were very complimentary of his producing work, um, and Bill's not going to stand for that. So as Tom does a good job, don't tell Bill that he's doing a good job. Well, it's a it's a tough spot for me to be in because I'm used to routinely dunking on my producer to the point where I don't even I don't even allow his face to be seen on air. So when I oh. when I come across another producer, I feel like I have an abundance of goodness built up in me that I have to bestow upon someone. Right. But I do apologize; it'll never happen again. Well, let me take notes here for Bill. So ban face from show. I don't know that Bill knew that was possible, but I will I will let him know that he could do that to Tom if he wants. And it's easier in radio. I mean, I'm in the visual medium, so imagine how hard it is for me to just tell producer Jesse, that's his first and last legal name now, by the way, mm-hmm. to uh, just, hey, part of the condition is you're never to be seen in public. All right, get to work. Um, well, tell producer Jesse he at least has this win uh, because Bill calls Tom pretty daddy. Uh, and I don't remember why, but that's what he calls him, and he's also made Tom make that his Twitter handle. So producer Jesse might be wow. invisible, but at least he still has kind of his real name. Wow. See, our studio is one block from Broadway here in downtown Nashville. So you yell pretty daddy too loud down here. 
and you've got a bachelorette situation on your hands that no one really wants. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's tough. It's tough. It's a tough life for Tom, but he signed up for it, so there's really no sympathy for him. Uh, well, prayers, prayers for Tom. Yeah, for I Tom guess. And, and prayers for us. Yes. Uh, let's get to college football. Let's get to the new CFP rankings. Who is your top four at the moment? Forget the committee. Who does Josh have one through four? Man, um, I so I've got Michigan up there, got Georgia up there, got Ohio State up there. I would have uh, Oregon up there. Now that look, that doesn't go committee criteria because obviously you can't put Oregon in over Washington right now with the head to head. I, I always struggle until I've seen conference championship Saturday to separate, in my mind, a more power-ranking approach versus merit-based approach. And in power-ranking world, for example, I mean, even Alabama would be a top-four team right now. You can't put Bama in the playoff at the moment, though. So I'm really interested to see how this plays out. The big story in college football, as it turns out this whole year, has been the absence of the major upset week. Volcanic Saturday, as I call it, just hasn't happened. And I'm a believer that volcano is just dormant. I don't think it's extinct. And anyone who understands geology knows that there's a key distinction there. And I think that when we least suspect it, we still could have a couple of twists and turns in the road that make that selection Sunday process not quite as muddy as it seems it is now. But if we don't get that, if this chalk holds, that committee will be in a position they've never been in before. The closest they've come is choosing between like a non-conference champ Alabama, do they get in or not, or back in 2014, uh, the Big 12 decided to split their conference championship inexplicably between Baylor and TCU. And so the committee said, oh, okay, well, we're just going to put Ohio State in. And then Ohio State won the title. But out- outside of that, it's been pretty paint-by-numbers for them. And this year could be anything but. So do you want that upset Saturday? Or do you kind of want to get none of that so we have the committee making an unprecedented decision? I need it like I need oxygen. I need the upset Saturday. <laughs> okay. I long for it. I wait for it. I chew my fingernails to the nubs anticipating it, and it hasn't happened yet. And by the way, that doesn't mean there's any like one given team I'm rooting against. I just want things to shake out where I get the best teams at the end of the year because if they don't shake out, I am not the kind of person who's going to say, well, Alabama would be favored against Florida State, so they should get in. You can't do that stuff. That's not sports. That is not merit-based competition, even if your quarterback's out. That's just not the way it should work. So as much as I value the power rating approach and understanding who I think the better teams are and who I think would win, we don't play games on paper. My opinion is not what should run the day in college football. And so to circumvent that, I would just like some upsets to happen so I don't have to worry about a team I think is one of the top four being left out. Now, that's selfish, but that's the way I look at it. Now, do you think we got to today without all those upsets because these four or five teams are that good? Or literally were you just waiting for the universe to spin back and pay its attention to college football and mess a few things up? I don't know because the thing about that is it could be that that's the case. I don't think it's the case. I don't think four elite teams have formed. Look, if Washington was an elite team – they wouldn't have won their last seven games by 10 points or less. It's just that they've won the games. If Texas was an elite team, they wouldn't be struggling to put away the Houstons and Kansas States and the Iowa States of the world. They'd be blowing them out. So they're not elite teams. They're really good teams. And it's just that it's been that kind of year. I've also got in my world, in the college football world, I got people 
trying to make these broad-based assumptions about how the transfer portal and NIL has leveled out the sport. You have no clue hmm. over a one-year sample size if that's the case or not. It could just be that Ohio State and Alabama don't have elite quarterbacks this year, which they don't, by the way. If I put Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud on these teams, I think we'd have a runaway number one and number two in the country, and then Georgia and Michigan would be the other two, and we'd be looking at it saying, oh, same old, same old. So I don't think NIL or the portal has really shaved off the top of the canopy, so to speak. I just think it's happened the way it's happened, and it's, it's coin flip any given week. Do you see, are you predicting, so to speak, where these upsets might pop up this weekend or next weekend? Well, see, I do this thing, and it, it's very political of me, but I'm not running next year, so let me put that to bed. But I do this <laughs> thing where I'll hint at it on the Thursday show. Therefore, if it happens, you know, you do have the ability to pull the clip and say, hey, hey, look, I was all over it, but like you got to be careful, and you don't just go over the clip and predict the upset. That way you don't look like a fool and get tagged in freezing cold takes. So there's a fine fence-riding balance you have to strike. As I said, it is very political, and I don't even deny it. My dad hits me up all the time and tells me how pathetic it is, but I don't even deny it. But <laughs> I did think Iowa State had a good shot against Texas. Uh, I did think Oregon State – Oregon State was favored. I was up right. in that game last weekend. They were favored against Washington. It's just that teams who are better have made one or two more plays, and logic tells you that's the way it should always work out, but this is an illogical sport. That's why the logical outcome seems so illogical. I know that sounds like fortune cookie, but that's that's really what this year has been. So let me ask you, and this is, by the way, Josh Pate of Late Kick Live at Late Kick Josh on Twitter – if Florida State wins these next two games without Jordan Travis, but struggles offensively to win those two games, what do we do with the Knowles? Hottest debate in our sport right now. My answer is you put him in the playoff. I don't care what I think, nor do I care what the committee thinks about how good they are. Um, I am the first person, if they struggle to get past Florida and Louisville, but they do it, I'm going to be the first person to tell you, I think Michigan or Bama or Georgia or Ohio State will boat race them by double digits. I would pick all those teams against Florida State now, by the way, even with Jordan Travis. So certainly I think they'd boat race them without him, just like I thought it about TCU last year. But that doesn't change the fact that by the playoffs' own criteria, they have earned the right to be in the game. We cannot get into this world where we just – get to the end, and we say, oh, screw it. Let's just put the teams we think are the best ones in there. That's, that's video game stuff. I mean, that's like pulling up in a drive through and ordering off a menu. This thing, contrary to popular belief, is not built to satisfy you. It's built to put the best teams in there. And by best, I don't mean who would be favored on a neutral field. I mean best according to the deserved criteria and the merit-based criteria that are listed. And, you know, last year, I disagreed with Nick Saban when he said, well, you know, we'd be favored over TCU. Well, that doesn't matter. You, you were favored over the two teams that beat you in the regular season. That's why they play the games, to quote Herm Edwards. And so I, I look at it, and I, don't, I take my own opinion and put it to the side for the sake of merit. So if I put my own opinion to the side, I certainly don't care what that committee thinks. And I'm not interested in a committee full of people telling me they think they know the value of a football player, Jordan Travis or not. Because I watched the very first iteration of this thing, the very first playoff we had. We watched a third-string quarterback lead a team to a national title. So since that day, I've not really cared about how we think we know the value of a player. I want it to play out on the field. 
And you have no problem with FSU being ahead of Washington on the list before Jordan Travis's injury. Um, I would have had Washington ahead of them, that, but that's you know that's splitting hairs, I guess. I would have had Washington ahead of them. I can't say that I lit up a torch and grabbed a pitchfork when it was the other way around, though. So I I could have gone either way on that. But like the, to me, that's the only argument like anti Jordan Travis, I guess. If you thought Washington should be ahead of them already. That's the only way to push back on the Travis injury. But if you liked FSU ahead of Washington to begin with, then you can't kind of back away from them now, if that makes sense. Right. And to be clear, what I'm saying is I think absent that, like I think there is other dust that will clear that would give Florida State a place in the playoff regardless of whether a Washington's there or not. Right. Uh, Let's get to Michigan, Ohio State. At least, upset or not, we're going to have one of these top four teams lose this weekend to open up some kind of movement is Jim Harbaugh's absence going to be one of the reasons Michigan loses if they lose? No, I don't think so. I think it'll be a very big storyline that hangs over the game. Um, I think this is a player-led team. I was I was up there for the Penn State game a couple of weeks ago, and I had one of one of the Michigan folks tell me, and they're right. They said, "You know why our culture is so strong? You know why we can prove our culture is so strong?" Because our leader is having to take his hands off the wheel and watch how straight the car continues to go. And sure enough, it did. You couldn't tell Harbaugh wasn't there if you didn't already know it. And if he had a freshman and sophomore-laden team, maybe it would be different. But he's got a bunch of guys who have been there, been through the wars. And at, at this point in the season, that's a hallmark of eventual playoff teams. Every one of them ends up being player-led. And the coaches are just there to you know, kind of push it to the left and push it to the right when needed. But largely, those players are running things. But having said that, they could get beat by Ohio State because Ohio State's the better team. We don't know that. I mean, we have not seen them play enough a gauntlet on either side of the rivalry this year to have been tested thoroughly. And so, I mean, I'm listening to Ryan Day talk. I've been around that program a lot this year, too. I think since last year, they've overhauled a a considerable amount defensively, but also philosophically in their program where I think they're a lot more uniquely built to match the physicality in this game than they have been the last two years. And I also look at Penn State game with Michigan and how they struggled to throw the ball. But at that time, I thought, well, they didn't need to. Uh, And then they struggled to do it again last week against Maryland, and I thought maybe that's a legitimate problem for them. Well, if it is, Ohio State will shut you down. Ohio State is one of the best defensive teams in the country this year. But just think about this. For people who were – sort of on the periphery. You're just a casual college football fan. You watch the big games. I want you to think about this Saturday. You've had Michigan supplanted in your mind or planted in your mind as a top two team all year, and you've just penciled them into the playoff all year. If they lose, if one four-quarter game they lose Saturday, they're out of the playoff, they're out of the Big Ten, all their goals are gone. And conversely, over the course of 60 minutes, if Ohio State loses – That's three straight losses for Ryan Day, and this time he loses to a backup coach. You would have the world completely turned on its ear one way or another, and one of those scenarios will play out Saturday. So it will be a mushroom cloud over one of those programs Saturday, and it's guaranteed to happen. So if you don't have rooting interest and you just enjoy chaos, and and you especially if you enjoy toxicity, this is the game for you. Do you think Ryan Day is in danger of losing his job if he loses this game? If he is, Ohio State doesn't deserve to have him because if his job is on the line in this game, then it's ludicrous. And so I, I can't answer that definitively. I think it's crazy. Like, my answer is it should not be a question. 
But I also know what the standard is there, and I know how important this game is to those folks, and I know how how quickly logic flies out the window when you lose to Michigan, especially for a third straight time, which they have not done this millennium, I don't think. One last question on the coaching front. What did we learn about Lincoln Riley this year at USC? They don't have a strong enough culture. They got a weak culture. Um, I was talking to one of the defensive coordinators. Ironically, they're targeting now. And I was talking to him a few months ago, and uh, we were talking about USC. And at the time, we were talking about Alex Grinch, the recently fired D.C. out there. And he said, you know, everyone's hard on Grinch, but it ain't on him. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, do you think I'm good? And this guy's one of the best in the country. I said, yeah, I think you're good. He said, well, I wouldn't work out there in that culture because it's like it's like planting seeds in rocky soil. Nothing's going to grow because the culture of the program is not conducive to being good defensively. And he laid it out, man. He talked about everything from practice habits to strength and conditioning to the overall mental approach that is infused in the team and program by the head coach himself. And he said, I'm not saying they can't ever be good defensively, but a lot has to change well beyond just the name on the defensive coordinator's office before they're good defensively. And that, while everyone else is focused on who they hire, that's the key to me. What other changes are going to happen with that program? Because if if nothing else changes and they just think it's plug-and-play, let's get a new D.C. and we're off to the races – you aren't going to be off to anything other than more mediocrity. Well, that's fascinating. And so is that because Lincoln doesn't know how to like how to handle defense? He's ignoring defense? Like, what's the specific reason for that being reality there? It's, it's even more so than that. I think it's more overarching than that. Okay. I think the overall mentality of the program has to be such that it is conducive to being tough enough, being physical enough. They can't tackle, man. Like, they cannot get guys to the ground. It's the most fundamental of problems. They are not physical enough. They don't prioritize those elements. They're just of the mentality that we're going to go outscore you. And, you know, if we hang 40 and it's not enough, oh, well, we'll try it again next week. That, that is – look, you can, you're allowed to practice the same way at USC that you are at Georgia. When's the last time you saw a Kirby Smart team struggle to tackle – or, or when's the last time you saw guys just running free all day in the, in the Georgia secondary? They can talk about how the NCAA limits what they can do in practice all they want to. That's BS. Because Alabama and Georgia get to practice the same way you do, and they don't seem to have a problem hitting folks in the mouth. Now, they, can, they may get flagged for it a little bit more these days, but they also tackle. And USC can't even do things like tackle. And I'm, I'm not a believer that that's just on the defensive coordinator. Josh, other than being nice to Tom, this was great. Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy all the games. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. I appreciate it. That's Josh Pate, the host of Late Kick Live. There's a YouTube channel. There's a podcast. New shows three times a week at Late Kick Josh on Twitter. You can see him as well, CBS Sports HQ and 24-7 Sports as well. That was fun. And there was a lot of juicy stuff in that conversation. But who cares? It's time for D-Cell. Buy or sales next on Rider Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Writer Than You. Mr. Costos. Thank you for making the show better and for putting up with the producer bomb that came your way and for every other wonderful moment you create when you're on the show here. Honestly, like the two, it was a good question that he had just decided. It was. They're always good. I just think like the the answer is not probably what he was looking for. Uh, It doesn't mean that he can't win. But anyway, until we meet again uh, next Friday, wishing you, Bill, and all your great listeners and even ugly daddy, minimal sweats winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. On CBS Sports Radio. Oh, there's so many names and they all work. Uh, Andrew Bogus in for Bill. Ugly, pretty, humble, mean, sad, confident, daddy, CBS, D-Cell here as well. And I said at the top of the show I didn't have a life question for D-Cell today. But then I just checked my phone. I'm waiting on an email. And there actually is a D-Cell question to throw out there. And to you guys, it's a legitimate question by default, I'm not going to trust D-Cell's answer. I'm really good at these. We'll see. So if you have a solution or a suggestion, at Andrew Bogish, at Pretty Daddy CBS, you can call it in 855-212-4CBS. As I mentioned in hour number one as well, today's my wife's birthday. We were recently at an event at my daughter's school, like a, a night of food and drink samples from local bars and restaurants, a fundraiser. And one of the places was a delicious dessert place that specialized in crumb cake and all these different flavors of crumb cake. And my wife loved it. We went back for seconds, maybe thirds. It was delicious. We wanted to try all the flavors. So I go, oh, let me order this, like, they sell mixed-flavored platters. Let me get that for the birthday dessert, not, like, the traditional cake or whatever. So I contact the place. Every, they don't have a brick-and-mortar store. Everything is online. You send it in. They physically deliver. It's a very small operation, but it's very delicious. So I order it, and I get the like, little Venmo thing, like, here's how you pay us. So it's $40 for the crumb cake, and then there's a $10 delivery fee. Great. I don't know what to do then about tipping or anything like that, and in general – what I kind of rely on is if the if you're if it's just a person's business and you're paying them, you don't necessarily need to tip them on top of that because the fee for the product and the delivery fee, like that's theirs. And they know that they're gonna make thirty-eight dollars off the fifty-five that I'm giving them. So it's not you're not and like you're not tipping just their their employee. So like I I think the fifty-five dollars I sent to them is enough. I would normally ask my wife to confirm my thought, but I kind of can't because it's for her. So, and I feel like, Diesel, you don't tip ever. I'm here for you. I'm so here for you. Did I, did I do this correctly or should I have tacked on more money? 
paying for all of this. All right, I have one question, and I don't know that you have enough info right now. You mentioned it's a small operation. Yes. But are you of the assumption that when it gets delivered, it is going to be by Timmy, the 16-year-old delivery boy? No, it's my assumption that this is literally a two-person operation, and one of them is going to drop it off today. I think you got to go small tip. Cash. So there's I, a chance they won't accept it because right. some of these places, but this is like a mom and pop shop. Yeah. A lot of these I think it's bigger, a husband and wife deal. A lot of these bigger corporations won't allow you to tip cash. You have to put it in yeah. whatever app you used. This instance, though, I think you go small cash tip. So I am prepared if I'm home to, and it's like a teenager dropping it off to give that person a tip. But I also might not be home when they drop it off. So then I, I can't make any visual decision on this. So, and I don't want to be there. They're super nice. And I want to, so and I don't, I don't know. I feel like if I had a business, I think I might say like, because tipping is one of my biggest fears that I'm not doing it enough or in the right situation. I feel like I'd always include like tips are appreciated or don't forget that Todd or delivery guy's going to drop it off. And this didn't say anything. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. Would it be weird if I had a business that said tips are expected? I don't think you can say expected. I think you need to say appreciated or a word like that that tells you they're expected without using the actual expected. I feel like I want to take it one step further. Like I'm going to be outraged if I didn't get tipped. Do I have time for one story you want to do buy or sell? Um, you know what? Let's do buy or sell. This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in the timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bogus, let's start things off where we always do in the NFL. The GOAT. Baseball. Oh, no, sorry. (laughs) The GOAT, Tom Brady, was a guest of Stephen A. Smith's podcast and described what it's been like watching the Patriots be one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. I think it's hard to, to see a team struggle that you care about so many of the people involved. I, I would say this, football is a hard sport, and I think it speaks to when the teams do put it all together and they do a lot of things the right way and you see this sustained success like the Niners did in the 90s, like we were able to do, like the Cowboys were in the 70s. When you do things the right way, you're rewarded for it. And when things aren't necessarily the right way, it's hard to win. And, you know, they have a lot of pieces in New England that do do things the right way. But the margin of error is super slim. He's the best coach, in my belief, in the, in the history of the game. So, I mean, I don't know. Get, uh, the thought of him not being in New England is hard for me to think about. Bogus, buy or sell Robert Kraft will be able to remove the emotion this offseason when deciding Bill Belichick's future with the team. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. In fact, I think that emotion has already been removed. I think all of these stories about Mike Vrabel and could he, could Belichick survive a loss in Germany, I think all of those leaks are coming from the Kraft team side of things as like trial balloons to see how folks would react to Bill not being their head coach. Emotion is the least of Bill Belichick's concerns right now. Robert Kraft has definitely had enough. I think he'll make a football decision after the year, not sympathetically keep Belichick around. John Harbaugh, Ravens head coach, provided a bit of a surprise update on tight end Mark Andrews yesterday, saying, quote, 
there's an outside chance, end quote, that the three-time Pro Bowler could return at some point this season. So I ask you, Bogus, buy or sell the Ravens can win the AFC if Mark Andrews does not play again this year. I'm going to buy that. Buy. There's a lot of ors and ifs and does nots involved in there. But no, I think the Ravens specifically could go to Kansas City. They could go to Miami. They could, yeah, they could go anywhere with Lamar. And the roster as is at the moment. Other injuries, obviously, all bets are off. But yes, this Raven team, minus Mark Andrews, could absolutely win playoff games and get out of the AFC. A lot of oars, a lot of knots. Bill really likes, and when I say really likes, he can't stand when I go yeah. double negative. Oh, I know. And that's like just naturally how I write. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a poor writer in addition to the other things I'm not good at. All right, great transition Bye. there, Bogus. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get to some college football here. Yesterday, Duke head coach Mike Elko met with the media, and he painted a very vivid picture of what the transfer portal and NIL looks like in college football these days. What are we? We're probably about 13 days away from complete anarchy in the Wild West, and um, and that probably started three weeks ago. You know, you hear all these coaches talking about, um, you know, people reaching out to guys and recruiting guys and i mean that's just that's the world of college athletics now i like someone asked me like do you feel like people are tampering with your guys i'm like i don't even know what that means anymore like it's literally open free agency for all of college football open free agency bogus buy or sell you're comfortable now with how the transfer portal operates within college football i honestly don't know what the right answer is here so i'm gonna go buy buy and I'm buying it because I do think the players should be allowed to do this. But I do think there needs to be a little more structure. I don't know if they've actually done this. It's certainly been put out there that we want to shorten the amount of time that the window is open and maybe fewer windows to get into the portal and move on. The coaches are the last guys I want to hear discussing this since they've benefited from open markets for forever. I don't want to hear them complaining about, oh, my players are leaving. But I understand the need to plan, the need to know who's going to be on your team next year. And they do probably have the right argument in that a little less freedom, while still maintaining freedom, a little less of it or a little fewer more guardrails would benefit everybody involved. All right, Bogus, as you've coined it, hoopier than thou. Let's get to some NBA Thank you for noticing. I, I attribute credit. You guys make fun of me on the show when I credit every little podcast there is. Steph Curry has played in 13 games this season, and last night he scored 30 or more points for the seventh time this year in the Warriors' win over the Rockets. Steph is shooting 48% from the field, 45% from downtown, and 93% from the free throw line. Buy or sell that soon-to-be 36-year-old Steph Curry can drag the Golden State Warriors to one more NBA Finals appearance this season. I'm going to sell D-Cell. Sell. Now, my new morning colleague, the great Maggie Gray, has presented uh, kind of a last dance vibe. She feels it around this Warrior team. I get that to a certain extent. Doing it one more time, one more show with the band. But I just don't think the rest of the Warriors after Steph Curry are good enough right now. And there's too many other good teams in the West when they get all the way to the finals. He's arguably playing as good as he ever has. 
I know, but it's, it's a, November. It's a small sample size. Yeah. And it's a, that's a lot. That's part of the concern. He can play like this, but he's going to be exhausted by the time we get to the postseason, let alone rounds three and four. Do you think Clay Thompson is a Golden State Warrior after this season? No. That's going to be weird. Yes. Very weird. Do you think someone's going to pay him the big money that he's going to want slash ask from the Warriors? Uh, there's always somebody. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be weird. All right, Bogus, let's get to some baseball here. Rangers pitcher Max Scherzer has been vocal that he is not a fan of the pitch clock. And yesterday, he took it a step further, explaining how the pitch clock is detrimental to pitchers' health. When you make the game go faster, uh, you know, part of the thing is as a pitcher, I mean, your form just gets, I lived it, like your form just gets fatigued faster. Um, And so for starting pitchers, uh, you know, they're trying to pitch, you know, 100 pitches, like you're going through that fatigue and you're overgripping the baseball to try to combat that fatigue. And, uh, you know, that that's a very plausible reasoning, uh, you know, for the severity of the elbow injury. So when you actually step back for a second and start, start thinking about, you know, let's protect the pitchers here for a second. Bogus buy or sell Major League Baseball needs to look into the correlation of severe elbow injuries and the new pitch clock rules. Buy or sell, you hate listening to Max Scherzer talk. That was a chore, man. That was painful. That was highly edited on my part. I Mm. spared you all the uhs, the ums, the uh, sentences that didn't make any sense. That was rough. Uh, I'll buy your question, though. Buy. Now, as D-Cell and all other good scientists know, one season, one year of data doesn't prove or disprove anything. So there are some numbers. There were fewer IL placements this year, but once you went on the IL, you stayed there longer. So placements were down, but time on the IL was up, which seems to support Scherzer's argument that the pitch clock was putting a bigger strain on pitchers leading to more severe injuries. But we don't know that for sure off of one year. So it's certainly worth keeping an eye on, but it's not yet a reason to start changing anything just yet. All right, Bogus, let's stay in baseball here. Now we have 22 baseball questions. Two baseball questions. We got 26 players on the 2024 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, 12 newcomers, 14 holdovers, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, Chase Utley headline, the first-timers. On this year's ballot. Buy or sell bogus out of the 26 players, at least four of them deserve to be elected into the Hall of Fame. I'll buy that. Buy. And we'll call it the Todd Helton rule because Todd Helton's going to get in based on his voting trajectory. I'm not sure he should be in, but he's going to get in. And then I've got four guys that should be in, bringing us to five, bringing us to more than four, as you asked about. To me, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, new guys, they should go in. Andrew Jones, Billy Wagner, also Hall of Famers, with Helton, five of the 26. There's your bye, big boy. I don't. I generally don't know how you feel about this. What do, would you do with steroid guys? The Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, who are on the ballot. Well, I mean, there's no science behind this. I just no thanks on A-Rod, um, just in general. And I believe... Gary Sheffield Sheffield's on, on there on the too. Ballot. Yeah, but it's about Manny and it's about A-Rod now. And I I can vote for A-Rod. I could probably illogically vote for Manny, but it's okay that they're not in. I'm not losing sleep over it. But the bigger picture solution should have been all those guys went in and you had you talk about 
the steroid nonsense in their little plaque. It'd have to be on there to just at least paint the picture of who they were. It's time for No Context Buy or Sell. <laughs> just one for you today, and I spared yeah. you. My lack of soccer knowledge. Buy or sell, you've come to grips with Greg Burhalter being back as the United States men's national team coach. So I don't read the buy or sell questions until Diesel does them live on the air because I just I want to have my actual reaction to them. I know kind of generally what's coming. So I jokingly asked him if this is going to be in the segment. You said, of course it is, and then told me how little you know about soccer, which I already knew. So this is actually not a bad question. I wouldn't have ended it in the same way you did. Um, I'll sell. Which, by the way, I told you I had the info in there, but the question probably not the direction you would go. Yeah. no, I'll, Sell. I'll sell it, and that's all I can say because it's no context buy or sell. But it was an interesting night for U.S. men's soccer. It might have happened... Whether or not Greg Borholter was coaching, I think this is the first little thing that happened last night that might tell us if Greg will be any different in this like second stint as head coach. But I can't go any farther because there's rules to the game. CeeLo's hanging on every word. He's a big soccer guy. He just wants to get out of here. Do they even call it head coach? When it's uh, we do hear the because men's we, national team. Yeah, we it's, it's manager across the, yeah. across the pond. And yeah, then overseas. they they call in England. They say gaffer, and oh. I don't I don't know what that means. I don't know where it comes from. Hmm. But here, because we can't expand our minds, we have to call them head coach still because that's it. what we call everybody but baseball managers. Yes. So it's going to be head coach. So that was my one question. My other was on those plaques for the steroid guys. Yeah. Is it going to say steroid nonsense on it, as you referred to it? <laughs> that would be Can just we asterisk. Right on steroid, steroid nonsense. nonsense. Yeah. All right. You're like a, right a red plaque means steroid <laughs> nonsense. Uh, here's your CBS Sports Radio update with Chris Lepresti. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. They're members of the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons, six tackles, three QB hits, two and a half sacks, and I think one puking incident in Sunday's win over the Panthers. 
He is the seventh player this season to get to 10 sacks. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union. Final few minutes on this Tuesday edition of Writer Than You. Thanks again to Bill and I guess to D. Self. Let me hang out uh, in Bill's place. He is off the rest of the week, so you get me tomorrow. And then two people to be determined. I mean, they have been determined. D-Cell's not here those days, so he couldn't care less. Oh, contrary. Oh, I know who it is. You do? Okay, let me I did it. a little bit of homework since yesterday when mm-hmm. you said that I didn't mm-hmm. know, and that was correct. I didn't know. Okay. But now I do. Okay. Thanksgiving morning, you will have Jody McDonald. Okay. Friday, you will have Carl Dukes from Atlanta. All right. I like that. I like that. I I do wish Jody would just take Thanksgiving off. But I'm glad that he's going to be here for these two hours. Those over, are important two hours. Over under Jody is hosting two and a half shows on Thanksgiving. I would think between Thursday and Friday, Jody is going to do... Oh, if we're going to include Friday, I'm upping the number then. To what's, what's your number now? I will raise it to three and a half. I'm going to go over. I was going to say Jody will do five shows. Wow. Locally and nationally. Sure. Giving the incorrect phone number in all of them. Between Thursday and Friday. I didn't go there, Jody. That was bogus. I didn't say it. Like, I'm assuming that Jody is hosting at a different time slot for us on Friday since Carl Dukes is going to be here and not Jody. I would agree with that. Right? Strong agree. Jody's one of the best humans I've ever met. One of the nicest people I've ever met in this business. And for all the times I go in my head, like, just... Go home. He he just loves to do shows. Like, he just loves it. I'm over the Thanksgiving Friday. Like, leave me alone. I was at Pete Bilotti, <laughs> the legend, asked me about working Black Friday. And I looked at him like, this is a real question. I was like, come on. Like, I, I, I worked hard to get holiday, like, to get holidays as a thing. When you're starting and you're part-time, that's when you made your money. But then when you become full-time staff somewhere and those holidays are actually paid days off, that's all that matters. This is like the opposite of sports, right? Like you work hard for that big payday, that big contract, a.k.a. getting full-time. Right. In sports, that's when the work begins. Right. Here, no, no, no. Yeah. Now it ends. And I, don't, I wouldn't say that, that we're coasting here, but like we've earned, I've earned being able to eat my turkey and not I have to agree. wake up Friday morning. I agree. I'm surprised you're not going to be here Friday. That being said, I've worked Fridays here. Yeah, full time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it again. Right. I will say this: if there's any of you, anybody, anybody out there that is uh, an aspiring broadcaster or new to the business, I will give you a trick that I used. I think to my advantage <laughs> at previous places of employment. Um, I used to sign up to work Thanksgiving morning because I knew that I'd be home in time for football and eating. And then that allowed me to not work Black Friday because I knew, like, Thursday night after Thanksgiving dinner, we might go out with friends or I just wanted to be off. But I worked Thanksgiving morning, so it was okay for me to go. I don't want to do Friday, too. So I worked Thanksgiving. I got the brownie points. I got the, you know, oh, this is – I got to do things that I wouldn't normally do. But I didn't miss Thanksgiving, and then I got the more important day off, in my mind, of the Friday to just hang out and be a vegetable on the couch and do nothing. 
and I think it I think it works. So there's I used to do that on Christmas Eve too. People wouldn't want to work Christmas Eve. I'll I'll do Christmas Eve. I just want to be off Christmas morning, and it looks like you're being a good employee, but you're really doing the good thing for you. That's how you get that's how you get around these things. You beat the system. I think I did. Yeah, I think you did too. I think I beat the system. I think I gained it's one of the few strategic moves I have pulled off correctly in my life. I don't think I've ever done one correctly. I mean, you are here. You have somewhat you found your way into a full-time job, doing it well, producing a national morning show that's only 2 hours in length. Like I, you've you've got yourself a pretty good spot right now, so that's not completely by accident. And then when this show is over, I get to edit your sports minute every day, which I I want I want a pat in the back here. I give to you almost completely edited, unlike no many of my lifting. colleagues. Zero heavy lifting for me on that sports minute. I learned my lesson sitting in our original newsroom, listening to other people having to cut sports minutes. That were supposed to be 45 seconds of copy and were a minute 20, a minute 30, and they'd have to sit there with like a hacksaw and change people's words and speech patterns and pacing and hate every second of it. I would never do that to any of you guys. And people let it rip in our newsroom. Whatever they're thinking, they're saying out loud. Right. There's no filter. I want people to go home at the very least and go, at least his sports minutes are the correct length. <laughs> if they like nothing else about me, I need them to have that thought in their heart at the end of their shift. They can think whatever they want about me as a person. Otherwise, I dress like a doofus. I'm not that nice. Why is he hosting a show? The updates aren't that clever. All those things, whatever. But I need a universal agreement that my minutes are the most courteous of all of us that voice minutes. I will be the first name on that list. I appreciate that. Cosign. Means a lot to me. By the way, uh, my CFP rankings, if they matter to anybody, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington. I'm in the group that Washington's better than Florida State, but the Huskies right now, barring a Knowles loss, might be screwed. Although I guess... If some upheaval, maybe there's a world where Florida State and Washington, both of them are in that Final Four. Maybe not. I don't know. Huge thanks to Josh Pate for joining us. Uh, thanks to you, as always, for listening. Thanks to my sweet, sweet D-Cell for being here. Have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow back here, Rider Than You, on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Oh. 
Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 